You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It was Student Appreciation Day, which doubled as Media Appreciation Day. Bad real football that we got to see on Saturday with the Buckeyes. It was practice number eight of spring camp and by far the most informative that we have all seen, including Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and myself, Austin Ward. I don't even know where to begin. It was just an absolute delight yeah. to see this team go live for a bit, some full team drills, to see who's lining up where, people going to the ground, scoring touchdowns. I just, it was like Christmas, Berm. It was like Christmas. and. Uh, like Christmas, something was opened, and it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. Huh? All they, oh. can anyone in the country cover this guy? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I was watching just any any rep he took was a guaranteed touchdown. And like one Crazy. of the last <laughs> one of the last drills of the day, they had CJ Stroud throwing it in the the red zone, and they were like last play, last play for CJ. And I was standing there next to um, Jair Brown and J.K. Johnson, the freshman defensive backs and they go this is coming to the corner yeah <laughs> and then it went to the corner and it was still a touchdown yeah. everyone knew it was coming and it was still impossible to cover and that's i the the combination of stroud and smith and jigba this year is going to break every ohio state receiver record we've ever seen but yeah. also like in my notebook i the two names that i wrote down were marvin harrison and yes. keon grays because yep. both of them made just incredible catches well, and let it, me also say that Emeka Ibuka made the best catch of the yeah, day. Absolutely. Did deep ball grab yes. over the shoulder. So wide receivers are good. Go ahead, Spencer. Also good. Defensive e defensive ends, defensive tackles. I like I thought we were staying on one theme there for a second. I don't like I'm oh, just gonna rattle through who just stood out because the wide receivers and the defensive line were the two stories of the day for me. Like the receivers obviously speak for themselves. You can just see it in the recruiting rankings and the way they throw the ball. The defensive line though is a unit that hasn't been up to par the last two years. It, it really just hasn't been where it needs to be. And if today one practice is any indication of how far that unit has come in one winter workout, yeah. one spring, it seems like they're really taking the, uh, you know, taking all of what has happened the taking last couple of years. Taking the bit. Yeah, absolutely. The bit, and yeah. They, they just, they're champing at the bit to, to uh, prove people that they can, they can do what they need to do. That unit looks, looks different. For my segue, I'm gonna grab the word he used, stood. And I watched Mitchell Melton stand up or stood. He yep. stood up a lot on that defensive. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they haven't totally put that uh, Jack package in now. It used to be the Leo. Now it's called the Jack until they get it right, and it'll be the Leo, king of the savannah, by the way, not the jungle. Uh, but uh, uh, watching him, watching him play a little bit, watching them run a little bit of that defense was interesting to me. But going back to the wide receivers, I mean, uh, all of those guys y'all just named stood out, and mainly because you knew. Like I called a couple of those plays, like you're talking about, Jeremy. This is going to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the corner, and it did. I thought he got his foot down, by the way, on a very controversial yeah. call there in the corner. It looked like a touchdown but, to me. But my goodness, uh, C.J. Stroud still has great targets to throw to. I took the talked to Paris Campbell, former Ohio State uh, uh, receiver of repute, now mm -hmm. with the Indianapolis Colts. Bottom line, after the practice, and he was just marveling at Marvin <laughs> and all these other guys, and just how the depth just continues to bubble up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a surprise to see them, you know, playing so well. But yeah. I don't, the secondary didn't get picked apart all day, and it would have helped if they'd been at full strength, probably. 
you know, Josh Proctor got to be playing a little bit in seven on seven. And I talked to him afterwards about how excited he was. Uh, he's a feature on practice report with Tim and I talking about him, but he's trying to get comfortable. It looked like he was not necessarily in that adjuster role, uh, playing more of the bandit. We'll see if that's a long-term thing or just working him back in. I don't know. It's interesting how they're going to move those pieces around. But Court Williams also wasn't taking part in the full team period. So yeah. some of that was mixing things around. Cameron Brown uh, limited for that as well, not out there. So you saw Jordan Hancock step up and get some reps. Uh, Denzel Burke, a couple pass breakups. So there yeah. were a lot of plays to be made both offensively and defensively. I thought it was a pretty even scrimmage for the most part between those units, but I didn't feel that way for the offensive line against the defensive line because Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimoloau, Ty Hamilton, those guys were wrecking balls. There was another name that you haven't said yet that I think I'm trying not to talk about him because you don't think it's going to matter, but Caden Curry is a monster. I think it's going to matter. He is a demon. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm telling you what, you watch the defensive, uh, the, the offensive tackles, he was gone around him every single time. And, and I was talking to one of Ohio State's uh, people on the sideline and said, boy, Caden Curry, like, I don't know why his black stripe's not off. He does this every practice. And I asked Caden after, I'm like, so do these guys hate you yet? He's like, they're not used to guys going inside, but I just take a step and then I go. and yeah. I buy. <laughs> So uh, this is a defensive line that has a lot to prove, but it's also an offensive line. We talked a lot about it on Thursday, but there is some growing pains and there, there is an area that this team struggled with last year and that's the speed rush and they're going to have to get better at that. Yeah, I was trying to determine as I watched whether it was more impressive what the defensive line was doing or a concern for the offensive line. And I, I tend to think it was just a bunch of really high-level defensive linemen and it was one day and we saw nine periods, ten periods of live work. It's not indicative of the entire camp when we know that the offensive line has been doing some encouraging things. Donovan Jackson specifically and Paris Johnson back at tackle. We talked about them on Thursday. Yep. So I think it, for me, I don't leave being, oh gosh, I don't know that if Ohio State can block the way they need to. I think they probably will. They're just not going to have to face Ohio State's defensive line on Saturdays in the fall. Absolutely. And when you look at, you know, Dewan Jones is still trying to progress, get get to where he needs to be. You know, Paris Johnson's still trying to get comfortable at left tackle. I know he is a left tackle and he's comfortable there, but there's still a little bit of, like you said, from growing pains. Donovan Jackson, first time starter going against some really talented guys. I saw Teron Vincent get by him a couple different times. That's a veteran going against a second year player. I mean, the defensive line is talented enough where you can kind of excuse this offensive line stuff. They also have a new coach that they're learning from and trying to get used to different schemes and things like that. So I don't really put it on the offensive line. You do want to see some more progress. I think if we saw them, even in the spring game when we see them, I think they'll be better in two weeks. But then in August is when they're going to have to show that they can block the defensive line at Ohio State. Ryan Day had a quote on Tuesday that said, if you want to play offensive line at Ohio State, you have to be the best in the country at your position. Well, the defensive line has a chance to have a couple of the best in the country at those positions. The offensive line has to be able to reciprocate that. Yeah, and you brought up Caden Curry because I was going to bring him up. I mean, this idea that maybe he may or may not play as a freshman, man, you show enough of that in practice in live drills that you can basically get into the backfield untouched almost, you're going to play. Jim knows, I, you know, I know that's going to jump out at him on yeah. video. Uh, they're looking for guys to make plays like that to just disrupt uh, the defense, the offense, and especially the quarterback, which they didn't get a lot of last year. So, man, that bodes well just watching him live here. You know, you got to see him in that all-star game down in San Antonio. But uh, going against uh, the real deal here, it was very impressive to me. From you said on Thursday, you weren't sure how much we needed to talk about the tight ends. I, that unit is just kind of 
interesting to me at this point. If you're looking at somewhere where maybe there's a question mark for Ohio State, they scored a couple times in the red zone. Kate Stover looks natural still there. He scored. Uh, Bennett Christian scored a touchdown there in the red zone. It's early for him, but he's coming on. But if you know, G. Scott was not available and not in the building for Ohio State and hasn't been throughout this week, and if that's not part of the equation, I don't know when he'll return. Uh, if he's not part of the mix there, that unit gets kind of dicey in a hurry with Mitch Rossi out, G. Scott not there. That's a group that, out of everything on this talented roster that we've talked about, that's maybe where you say, well, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, but there's still four guys that are going right now that are pretty talented with Joe Royer. And I noticed CJ Stroud multiple times found Royer quickly yep. and, and utilizing him in the passing game, the short passing game. Bennett Christian and Sam Hart are the guys that maybe capitalize on that right now. Sam's a redshirt freshman and has an opportunity to get into the mix. But if you're still talking, and all around college football, people are still talking about the transfer portal. And there's a lot of dudes still out there. If there's one spot, you could maybe see Ohio State still add a player uh, after spring. I wouldn't be surprised if it's at tight end. Right. But bottom line, the guys that are here have to step up. And you saw Cade Stover, the energy he brings to the position. Um, you know, again, I think it's just very important for Bennett Christian and Sam Hart to make the most of these next couple of weeks because one of those two is likely going to have to play a lot of reps come, come fall. I think one of the things that maybe even Ohio State has to try to adjust to is the fact that like there's not a Luke Farrell or a Jeremy Ruckert on this team that has shown that they can do both things well. There's, you know, there's guys who are known blocking commodities. There's a couple guys who are known passing, pass catching commodities. And you don't want to be able to tip your hand to a defense on what you're going to do based on your personnel. But at the same time, Ohio State might not need the guy who is a complete all around tight end. If you've got, you know, two or three guys who can take the part of what a Luke Farrell or a Jeremy Rucker did, that's probably not an ideal situation. But if you had to line up right now and play 11 11, I still think Ohio State would be able to get it done with the tight ends. But Again, Ryan Day wants the best players in the country at every position. The tight end is probably the one area where we see a little bit of concern right now. And it's not even really a yeah. concern as much as it is maybe just a, a question of who's going to be that guy. There's but always it was pretty, going to be a unit that is below other units. Of course, it's got to yeah. be it's it's relative, relative to the rest of the roster. But they had a couple of seam routes, you know, wide open. I go, man, okay, the first one, okay. The second one, boom, the guy's wide open. You kind of go, okay. They, they still have some guys that can perform there, and uh, they're going to. And maybe Jim Knowles' defense will adjust. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what. What really, as I watched today, what really just stands out in my mind. I like the way C.J. Stroud operated when we got to stand right behind him in those scrimmage situations. The cool and the calm he shows. I know he's wearing a black shirt, can't be hit and stuff. But I, I was just, I'm, I'm amazed when I see these top-level quarterbacks deal with what's in front of them and then still find these guys and put the ball on the back shoulder, put the ball where it's supposed to be. That little corner route like I talked about a while ago to, yeah. to uh, Marvin Harrison, it was perfectly thrown football. I mean, and you got to watch it, you know, almost like I'm watching a major league pitcher warm up in the bullpen, except he doesn't have all this chaos in front of him. That was a real choice moment. Yeah, he he's very good. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's <laughs> a, a point worth making, but it wasn't even what he did during practice that yeah, exactly. impressed me. I mean, he had 2,000 students and anybody else in the building coming to talk to him, get autographs, uh, take pictures, everything. He stayed until every last person. They said, do you, do you need out of here? Do you need it out? Do you need a break? You want to be done? He said, no. I mean, you know, this guy is a... Yeah, he, was the last, he was the last player on the field. Heisman Trophy finalist. He's, you know, had to deal with some ups and downs early in the career and the fan base and, and the give and take. Everybody that was here and got a chance to see 
something that we already knew about him, his personality and how much he wants to give back and return the and support. And he wasn't charging for autographs. No, and he... And they're valuable. You can, you can ask, uh, you can get the Leaf Pro Set Auto right yeah. now. And uh, <laughs> yeah. CJ got paid handsomely for those. Anyway. It reminded uh, me of Arnold Palmer, though, in his prime. I mean, these guys, the guys who really know how to generate a following, yeah. understand how important that moment was for those 800 or 2,000 people who stood there and didn't think they were going to get that autograph. And he's done that as well. If you think about after uh, the Pro Day appearance, yeah. he did not have to do media and chose to and stayed out there for. 20, 25 minutes to do that. What does it mean? I, I don't know. If, if you don't do that, does Doesn't it mean hurt. that you can't be a good quarterback? No, but it shows an understanding and an appreciation for the job that he has that I do think has some value. Being the quarterback at Ohio State is about more than being between these white lines. I mean, that's it is one of the most well-known people in not just the yes. city of Columbus or on campus, in, in the state of Ohio. Right. I mean, so you are, you are a dignitary in Ohio, and it, it, it does not do you any service to be dismissive and or aloof or hard to reach for people. So uh, to show that understanding is a big leap from where he was even last summer when no one really knew who he was. That sort of transition from going to being the presumptive starter to being a Heisman finalist to being the guy everyone in the country is talking about and, and to handle yourself with that sort of calm and that uh, go back, goes back to Tim's point. He may not be able to get hit in the pocket today like None of the quarterbacks could be, but that didn't stop other quarterbacks from getting rattled. Right. Uh, doesn't stop right. them from from scrambling and, and having to adjust and leave the pocket. CJ is really in control of the situation right now. Of everything. And if you look around college football, there's he's one of the two faces of the sport right now. And instead of having that cop that was standing beside him, making sure that nobody was crowding him too much, escort him to the locker room, like you said, he didn't care. There was just kids just kept coming up and coming up and wanting to talk to him, wanting his autograph. And he just he just handled the moment. And it's like on the field, handle the moment. Off the field, handle the moment. It's almost like, what can't this guy do at Ohio State right now? Because you know what the ceiling is. Yeah. You really don't know what the ceiling is because he's so good um, on the field. But off the field, when we first saw him last year, like you guys said, like there were moments where it was like, oh, I don't, you know, this guy, that's, a lot of people, does he have the leadership qualities? Well, that shows it right there. Like you want a, a face of your program, that's the exact guy you want. I told those two Ohio State policemen who were with him. I said, y'all are here regarding Jerry Immick, you know, and they, <laughs> the guy had the same haircut as Jerry. But uh, but no, the bottom line is I said, you know, what he's done, was, we were talking before he got done. I said, what he's done is he's turned those boosters into boosters. And it's really remarkable how far he's come in a year. Wow. And, uh, did, did he appreciate but no, but, your wordplay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time I've used it. First time I use it in front of them. It's okay. always it's always know your audience. Right. But I did this story. I've told you all before. I did this story a long time ago at the Dispatch, uh, comparing Terrell Pryor and Rick Nash. Rick Nash was this multimillionaire, you know, prima donna uh, player for the uh, Blue Columbus Blue Jackets, and Terrell Pryor was the starting quarterback at Ohio State. If they both walked down the street at the same time. Who would you recognize? Nobody and that's ever, what you deal with. Never thought Terrell was a prima donna. That's but, true. <laughs> but you know where I'm going there, though. Like you were talking about. I mean, it's like it is the premier position. Maybe Joe Burrow's giving a little bit of run for its money, and I'm not sure Deshaun Watson will. We'll see how that goes. But you understand. I mean, it's it's almost a premier sports position in the state of Ohio, uh, high school, college, or pro. Hmm. There, there may not be two more recognizable people in Ohio right now. If you name a Cleveland Indian, I'm going to quit. It's probably up there with Lucas Zellerion. The so. Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians. Um, Excuse me. I mean, the best player in MLS is just right down the street, guys. Let's. That's anyway. A, that's a good point. MLS, a lot of names being thrown around. So, houses? Right? This has been the practice report. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. Tracks.
was a great time. I, I don't care if they have more to say. We're just going to save it all for yep. next week I when the Tim it. May podcast is back, when Letterman Live is at Roosters on Monday. We'll have a lot more to talk about from a great day in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and I'm Austin Ward. Stay with us for full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.